big down payments. Thousands down. We interviewed the victims. Tell us what happened, ma'am. Well, I says to myself, self, go to Mad City. Mad City Mitsubishi. Every vehicle's just one dime down. And then? I ended up at some other dealer. Why? They had guaranteed credit. Let me guess. You had to put $4,000 down. Yeah, four grand. And there was no warranty. Next time, go to Mad City, Mad City Mitsubishi. They extend the factory warranty to 30 years, 300,000 miles. And all you need is a dime. Hundreds of pre-owned in stock now. But my credit stinks. Just ask for credit amnesty. If you bring home $350 a week, you get up to $30,000 in credit. Wow, 30 grand? Yes, ma'am. With only one dime total out of pocket. It's a crime to pay more than a dime. At the number two Mitsubishi dealer in the nation. Mad City. Mad City Mitsubishi. On the Beltline. Call 844-MAD-CITY. MadCityMitsubishi.com. Aliens to ghosts, demons to angels, and from shadow people to the outlandish, Heidi Hollis's The Outlander. Outlander. Good evening to everybody. Wow, look, it's Friday. Once again, I rule Friday nights. Oh, I love it. Absolutely love it. Oh, you guys, welcome to this fantastic show. And um, if you do not know where you have landed, you are listening to me, Heidi Hollis, The Outlander. And uh, this show is about bringing all outlandish topics to the forefront. And uh, I'm sure you heard the fabulous list. Aliens, angels, ghosts, demons, holy encounters, shadow people, Bigfoot, anything outlandish. I always say if it's weird, we're here. And so are you. So, hey, you are among family people. So, you know, it's been a little bit. I have not, um, I haven't chatted with you guys. I don't know. I've been like floating in the universe or outerverse or innerverse or <laughs> Some kind of verse. <laughs> I don't know. But I'm here now. That's what import that's what's important, I think, anyways. Um, you know what? Uh the, tonight is gonna be an interesting show. I feel like I'm reintroducing myself because uh, it has been a couple of one, two, three. It's been a couple of weeks. It's been a couple of weeks, yeah. So anyways, I'm gonna tell you about myself. If you don't know who I am, when it comes to anything outlandish from bad aliens, good aliens, visions, Jesus, angels, personally, I am someone who's been there, seen that, experienced it, freaked the hell out, found some answers, wrote about it, got over it, and now I'm hoping to help others do the same darn thing and understand this crazy, freaky, freaky world of ours, okay? If you dare to learn more about me, just go to my main website, which is Heidi Alice. Dot com, and you will discover the mystery that is I, me, thusly, therefore, and yeah, okay, so there's YouTube, there's Twitter, there's Facebook, all that stuff is on there, and um, yeah, so, um, and I also want to let you guys know, for those of you in the future, for the next time that you go to gather yourselves together to listen to Inception Radio Network, do you know there is an app, the IRN app? Well, you need to get it because it's pretty fantastic, and I think everybody should have it. And, uh, yeah, so it works for your Android, iPhone, you know, all that good 
kind of smartphone stuff. And uh, also, you can hear this whole program by phone. Mm-hmm. You do not have to sit there by a computer or radio or anything like that. You could call one of these numbers, which is one eight three two two eight zero. 0830 or 786-837-2262. Now, I would also like to invite you guys, especially for this wonderful evening, because there are no guests tonight unless you call. Mm-hmm. Unless you call. I think that is um, that's pretty spectacular because um, I always have fun when I just get to freestyle it. <laughs> So feel free to call into the program at one eight 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 nine one nine two three five five, or you can Skype your comments and questions to Inception Radio Network. Just type that in and reach on out to my awesome producer, who is Jamie. Mm, I call him Jaime. Jaime. It just suits him. I don't know why, but uh, <laughs> anywho, where the heck was I? Okay, yeah. So oh, also live chat. Live chat, you know, chat rooms, so many people just don't make use of them anymore. You have got to check out our live chat room at InceptionRadioNetwork.com. And uh, there are people in there discussing things among themselves, throwing things, and it's pretty awesome. So feel free to post your questions and comments up there, and I will do my best to get to all of that as well, especially during the next 90 minutes, because it's just you and me and the boogeyman. Mm Mm-hmm. It really is. It really, really is. So, now, what I think I'm going to do until some of you guys uh, light that fire in you to give me a call, uh, I am going to go through my whole big slew of emails that I get from people all around the globe. And I am not kidding you. I get thousands of emails a year that are just... um, Wow, uh, unbelievable stuff, asking me questions about anything out of the ordinary, and it doesn't seem to matter what the topic is. They just um, just toss it my way, and because I have kind of stretched a lot into a lot of various different topics, so if it's holy, been there. Unholy, oh my God, yeah, I've I've, I've seen that kind of stuff too, and written about it and all that stuff. So, yeah, so people just... uh, you know, post it my way, and I do my best to lend some insight to it. Though I am not psychic, though I do not have a crystal ball. Hold oh, on. No, I don't have a crystal ball. I want one. Somebody's got one. Send it. <laughs> um, and uh, also, I just, uh, you know, some of the stuff that I've researched on, and I've met some extraordinary people over the years. I've met a lot of people that are just absolute gems in, when it comes to anything out of the ordinary. And, uh, Wow, uh, it's. I wish, I wish that um, more people got out to like some of the conferences and things like that out there. Because when you meet people face to face and you look them in the eyes and they're telling you their unbelievable stories, I, it, it's just an impact that is unlike the internet. You know, it's just a little bit more touchy feely. You feel the anguish, you feel the pain, you. You feel the joy, the triumphs, and it's not all doom and gloom out there, people. So, yeah. Um, But, yeah, anyways, um, usually what I do for my programs, I have something that I call the Outlandish Corner because I had no other name for it. So I'm like, I threw all these letters and emails in a corner in my inbox. 
Atlantis Corner. So, and what do I do with that? Well, what the emails that I get, I like I said, try to lend some insight on that. And I do that for the first 30 minutes of the program. But today it is all 90 minutes, all freaking 90 minutes. You and I, me reading, you calling, you texting, you whatever. I don't know. Send your messages in, and we will get to those. So, um, I'm going to. I'm going to do that. I'm going to get to that here in a minute. But, you know, I wanted to address a couple of things because there are just some unbelievable things that have been happening in our fantastic country. And uh, I wanted to send condolences and positive vibes and all that good stuff towards the poor people who have endured uh, the bombings in Boston. Um, I just think it's an absolute atrocity what, what's taken place. And I think that, uh, you know, uh, we've got a great, great uh, many people who are so in touch and so wanting to do the right thing. And I really applaud the efforts of everybody that was involved in uh, apprehending and spotting and cornering uh, these these mad people that uh, did what they did. And, uh, you know, it's a shame that hate has to exist, and it does. And, uh, gosh, it sucks. Uh, you know, I, it just, it really, really sucks. And uh, it was that kid that was uh, killed over there, Martin, uh, you know, his sign, you know, for people to stop hurting each other. I think that's, uh, I think that's just such a, a perfect, perfect uh, slogan for what's taken place. Uh, he was, he did some uh, a sign and he was holding it up in a picture. I don't know if, I'm sure a lot of people have seen this. And the kid was uh, um, holding it up saying, uh, you know, stop hurting each other it's it's really it's really important and uh you know i think uh there's enough negativity in the world where um you know people aren't uh always so keen on uh, a lot of different things that go on but you know really do we have to act out violently yeah i don't think so so uh, again positive vibes to boston and then in west texas um the fertilizer plant that blew up i mean my goodness it's just just such such a, a horrible thing that has taken place down there as well um, with the that explosion that that was just uh, I, I mean it just looked like a bomb went off and the video that was shown uh, looked like a bomb went off so again uh, hey positive vibes to you prayers and all that good stuff and uh, you know it's a strong strong extremely strong uh, American spirit that pulls us through this and uh, you know I, we will get through it and uh, we're all praying for you guys everywhere from one end of the country to the other so again putting it out there all right um, you know now we're going to move on to the outlandish corner and um, before I get fully fully into that as well I always like to, when I get these, these shows where I get to just, I get to talk, <laughs> I get to fill the air with whatever it is I want to fill it with. So I think, uh, I think I'm going to give you a personal story of mine. How about that? Mm-hmm. Because it seems like, you know, I, I do a lot of other radio shows where I'm the one being interviewed because psh, me and my shadow people, history and Jesus encounter history and angel encounter history and Alien, oh gosh, it just keeps going. Gosh, it just keeps going. I don't, I don't even know what to think. But every time I do a show, uh, they're just like, gosh, I've never heard that story before, Heidi. I'm like, hmm, 
I could have sworn I've said that one before out there, but I, I just there's so many of them that I just uh, I get asked about the same ones over and over that I don't get to touch base always on all the other areas of odd things that I've experienced. So um, so here we go. We're going to go uh, trekking down memory lane first and foremost. <laughs> so this is my own personal outlandish corner. <laughs> okay, so how shall I begin this one? All right. This is, this is interesting because um, I have a good friend, and uh, I don't want to get anybody into trouble, and I don't want to get myself into trouble, so this is... <laughs> This is funny. Okay, so, like, I was out with a good friend of mine, and uh, they took me to a bonfire that uh, a group of neighbors and friends were, were having in their backyard, and, you know, they had some kids with them, and, you know, it was just nice food and chat and good conversation, and... um <laughs> the people start talking about spooky stories and I'm like, oh boy, here we go. You know, um, they didn't know uh, what I was involved in because these people didn't know me. These were friends of my friend. So hanging there, you know, sitting on the lawn chairs, just listening to all these stories and I saw this and oh, the spooky stuff. And, and then it comes to uh, my friend's turn and she goes, oh, I didn't tell you who my friend is here. Uh, this is Heidi Hollis, and you know she's written these books on this stuff, and she's experienced a lot of crazy things. And and uh, you know they they just it was interesting because usually you know people <laughs> raise a raise a uh, an eyebrow at me more than an eyebrow. Um, some people leave the room, but hey, we're in a backyard and there's a bonfire. Um, so <laughs> the people they're just like they listen to. Um, a couple of things that I mentioned, uh, a couple of spooky things that, that I'd experienced. And they were just kind of quiet, and they all kind of looked at each other. And these obviously were good friends for some time. And they're like, yeah, that's, um, that's, that's interesting. Uh, but do you want to, do you want to see something really, really scary? <laughs> I'm like, what the hell did I just step into? I'm like, um, I guess, I mean, see something really scary. I mean, like what, what are they going to do? Suddenly bring out their broomsticks and start flying. I didn't know what the heck was going to go on. Um, so they're just like, okay, cool. Um, Hey Tom, go over there and uh, pull, pull the vans around. And I'm like, hold on, you know, Hey kids, you want to come? And it's like, I mean, kids, kids. Uh, wanted to come. And I'm like, where, where are we going to? And it's like, Oh, you got to see this to believe it. And I'm like, Okay, and I mean, there were like three kids that joined us. Um, we all kind of, I mean, I wasn't going to go if my friend wasn't going, but I'm like, okay, these people seem like mild-mannered people, and all of a sudden they're wanting to shove me into a van. I mean, I think I saw this in a movie once, and it doesn't end up good for the paranormal investigator. <laughs> um, so anyways, we all get into the van, and there's like two, three cars, actually, and my friend could not... Um, partake directly in what was about to take place because of um, if she was caught somehow in doing what we're about to do, um, it wouldn't be good for her career. Me, I just at the time really didn't think anything about it. Um, (laughs) So there was like three kids that came along and I'm not kidding. I think one was like 10, another one was like 13 and 12 or something. And like these are little kids and there's a lot of adults around and they said uh, and as we're driving they go okay like Heidi there's this really creepy place uh 
you know, not far from us. And the thing is, we can't stop for long. So we're going to drive past this place, and everybody's going to jump out, and we're going to kind of, you know, keep the car rolling, and you just got to run up this hill. And I'm like, <laughs> what? <laughs> run up this hill? hell okay sure um <laughs> and it, they didn't tell me what we we're actually rolling up to and then we get to this big giant creepy looking uh building and i just was like what is this and it's like on top of this hill and and sure enough there's no parking and it's like so they, they they're like okay you know open up the doors everybody run out and i'm like oh, oh my god you know and my friend's like i'm not going that's when she told me she's not going I was like, what? You know, and it was like, you know, kind of pulling on me, you know, you've got to see this. And, you know, you paranormal author investigator lady. I'm like, oh, my God, what have I gotten myself into? And then we're like hustling up this hill and they're like telling me to keep low. I mean, I felt like I was breaking into a prison and <laughs> like, OK, um, running up. These are it, it turns out two very large abandoned buildings um, that was a prior orphanage and uh, hospital and uh, school uh, all kind of connected and they're all abandoned and like there's broken glass and these are just huge old buildings and I'm like you are kidding me you know and and it's like and the kids are shuffling along and like okay kids come on everybody let's go into the back over here and there's a literally literally this is, this is straight out of a movie there is a broken kicked in window in the back of one of these buildings um, which was part orphanage part school and <laughs> they're like it, it's a basement window and they're just like okay so like this is where you you jump in to this building you put you know literally I'm sliding my legs past broken window glass and you know some jagged edges are still hanging in the window I'm like Oh, my God, you know, this lady's husband goes first and he helps lower us ladies in. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. I'm like, and so we and they had a couple of flashlights. And I'm, I'm talking about a couple of flashlights. And there's like eight of us. OK. And there's like two or three flashlights. And I had my I just so happened to have a camera on me. And so we get lowered into there one person at a time. And it, this is a, a big uh basement with with high ceilings and I'm like I am never going to be able to crawl my backside out of this basement to get out through that itty bitty window I am going to die in here and then they started lowering the kids and I felt better and <laughs> it's like okay um sure we're all in this creepy creepy basement you literally hear like drops of water and it's just it, it was just dank stinky you couldn't see your hand in front of you and I'm like what are we doing here you know and they're like this place is so haunted I'm like well <laughs> we think it could be you know um so where are we going and they're just like come on follow me and I'm like these people are hustling through they're like they had they have this place memorized like you know let's just let's go this way and let's let's go over there and and I'm just trying to keep an eye on the little tiny spot of a flashlight that they had with them. I'm like, don't leave me behind. I can't even see if I'm going to trip over a dead body or anything. And 
so they they literally start going down the certain portion of the basement and how can i how can i describe the 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 horror of looking down into what looked like almost a sewage alley with vaulted ceilings that you couldn't see the end like it would just went on forever and they said this goes underground and like half of the crew starts going through like and, and there's water on the ground and they just start going forward and and trying to pull me along come along paranormal author i'm like uh <laughs> there's probably alligators that live down there i i don't care to go that way and they're just like going 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 but there are a couple of us that were still lingering behind i'm like let them go because i am not stupid and i don't know what's down that away um so anyways so i'm like okay like they they were totally like people were, were going to different directions and you know how that is what is it scooby-doo where it's just like don't split up because the worst things happen and that's what i felt like was about to happen and I'm like, okay, my camera, um, I didn't expect to be using it. So um, I, I, the batteries were not fully fully charged. And uh, I'm like, I have to use this sparingly. Like, this might be my only light to get anywhere in this freaking ginormous place that we're in. Orphanage, <laughs> school of the damned or whatever. I don't know. It, it was just absolutely horrific. And um, so I'm like, okay, I'm walking along, and, like, they're splitting off. Like, there's nobody with me. I'm like, and I'm I'm starting to use my my camera flash to try to see where the hell I'm going. And (laughs) I'm, like, flashing, and, I mean, never in my life had I gotten uh, rods. Now, rods showing up in in my my photos. for those of you who do not know what those are, rods are, uh, uh, I don't know, they, they kind of look like a, a centipede uh, with wings. I don't know. They're, they're just the strangest, strangest things, but they almost look manufactured because they have uh, rigid edges, um, but then fluid at the same time. Super, super, super odd. So these things are jetting out in front of me, and I'm like, you know, jumping back because you you could almost see them in in real time. Well, I could because I'm flashing my camera light and seeing these things cut through the light, and I'm catching them on camera as well. And I'm like jumping back. I'm like, oh, you know, <laughs> and uh, I'm I'm like continuing on, and I I could hear the other people and you know just running around like neat and they don't have any cameras you know they're just like oh look over here this is cool there's still some school books up in here you know i would just hear all this stuff and i'm like totally inching my way along and i got huge orbs multicolored orbs that i had never i mean i had heard of some and orbs for those of you who do not know exactly what those are orbs are i don't know um the energy of ghosts a lot of people say i mean when you think about it, it's like being all spread out and juicy as a big juicy ghost uh, probably is not as uh, energy efficient so they seem to pull themselves into a sphere of sorts and move about a lot faster and sometimes you see faces in them and uh actually i did i can't say that anything that had shown up uh as far as these orbs that i was seeing were um had faces on them but it looked like snow almost i got so many orbs in one photo and the cool thing about the orbs that i was able to uh photograph there and honestly i I find this a lot um i could chase them 
I could chase the darn things. So it's like if I see them and I and if I could guess the movement and the way that they're, they're moving towards, I can like snap a, a picture ahead of them. So I was able to do that there as well. And absolutely fantastical, mystical, crazy, crazy, crazy situation that I'd got myself in and been abandoned by my friend and I'm sitting there with strangers who wanted to freak out the paranormal author. Absolutely crazy. So, you know, the good thing is I did not get any outright um, (laughs) ghostly figures. And I say it's a good thing because I had seen enough with the rods and the orbs, like, fluttering all around, just fluttering all around. And uh, at some point I have to pull up those pictures and put them on my website um, because it just, just wild, absolutely wild. So um, to make a long story short, I don't know how long we were stepping through the most haunted place that uh, that we were in when one of them mentions, oh, yeah, by the way, this is a potter's field. What? <laughs> a potter's field? Because it's on a big mound, a big hill. It's like, yeah, this whole hilltop is like all dead people under here, probably thousands of them, for people who could not afford to bury themselves or people whose bodies weren't claimed by the, at the hospital during whatever Black Plague season it was. I don't know. And I'm like, no wonder. You know, there's so many orbs and crazy madness I'm seeing here. And, I mean, you know, sometimes I think uh, when I get into extremely – horrific situations like that i don't feel things (laughs) sometimes i just shut it off i'm like i don't care who's dead in here i don't care why you died just back the hell up okay that's that's just me um (laughs) it's just uh wow you know i i just i had not experienced anything like that so i'm just like kind of twiddling my thumbs at one point hold on a little tea swig ah that's some good stuff So anyways, finally, myself <clears throat> and uh, the, the people, I, I was the one insisting, like, gosh, I think we've been down here for a few good hours. Kids are running amok. The sun might be coming up soon. Um, how about getting out of this joint, you know? <clears throat> Pardon me. Don't you hate when that happens? Get a tickle in your throat? Oh, my God. So it was like, it, you know, the the people – you know, who are so absolutely so familiar with this place suddenly didn't know how to get back to that window that we had crawled in to the basement. And this is a basement that goes on forever and ever, and um, there was no amen at the end of it. Oh, my God. It, it was absolutely scary. I'm like, the, the, you know, you guys better figure it out. Like, how the heck do we get out of here? And then it seemed like that window had even gotten higher up when we finally did find it. And they had to do the butt shove on me and everything. I mean, I was like, look, just just push, just push, just get me, get me up and out of here. I did not have the crawling skills, you know what I'm saying? But uh, to get out of there and, oh, my gosh, I I had never uh, breathed such a a sigh of relief. But this was like a condemned, crazy building. Of course, they fill me in more as we're walking out uh, off the property. And then it's like, okay, you guys come around with the cars. And then we, like roll into the back of the minivan. I mean, absolutely freaky madness. So, you know, sometimes when I'm met with uh, people who find out what it is that I do, they try to freak me out even more. But those people took the cake because I was I was pretty freaked out. I'm like, look, we're doing something illegal. Um, I'm not going to say where it was, but it, was, it would be a good place for the ghost hunters to hit up um, if the place is still standing. I'm sure it is, actually. Um, 
just just madness. So for anybody who wants to come along and try to freak out uh, the paranormal investigator person, um, you know, you guys are, are pretty resourceful at times, you know. So anyways, uh, we're going to come upon our first break here. And uh, after the break, I'm going to start reading off some of your stories that have been sent here now that I've shared my own. And uh, also, I welcome you to call in. The phone lines are open at one 919 You are listening to me, Heidi Hollis, the Outliner on Inception Radio Network, and we will be right back. Heidi Hollis is rocking the airwaves every Friday at 9 p.m. Eastern right here on IRN. But if you want to learn more about Heidi, check out her amazing website at www.heidihollis.com. For IRN, this is MJ. Hey guys, Jamie Havikin here for Inception Radio Network's Facebook page. If you can, go to facebook.com forward slash Inception Radio Network and like us. And if you can, share it with others. The more we grow on Facebook, the faster we grow. With your help, we can do it. And we thank you ahead of time. Facebook.com forward slash Inception Radio Network or just search Inception Radio Network on Facebook. Take care. Do you have a smartphone? If so, Inception Radio Network is the best app for you. Available on iTunes, Android, Samsung, and most other app stores. Just search Inception Radio Network. With the app, you can listen live, check out podcasts of recent and past shows, view our videos, see what shows are coming up, who the guests are, and, via the chat room, send live questions to those guests. You know it makes sense. Check your app store now. Inception Radio Network. I'll see you there. Want to have some fun? Maybe get a little bit of insight. Get a lay of the land. Want to know what's really going on? (laughs) Do what I do. Listen to Future Theater. It airs every Saturday, 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, on the Inception Radio Network.com. We'll see you there. Hello, guys. Jamie Havikin here for Heidi Hollis's The Outlander. Tune in to Inception Radio Fridays at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, right after the stench of truth for The Outlander with host Heidi Hollis, right here on Inception Radio Networks, Fridays at 9 p.m. I'll see you there. Thank you. Get advice. On aliens to ghosts, demons to angels, and from shadow people to the outlandish. Explore the paranormal with Heidi Hollis. The Outlander. Well, 
Welcome Can back, everybody, us? to me, Heidi Hollis, The Outlander. Remembering always, if it's weird, we're here, and we're giving you advice and insight on outlandish topics, and the phone lines are always open at 1-888-919-2355. And as promised, we're talking about everything that is going on as far as other people's experiences. And, uh, heck, you know, if I could give any advice on it, I will do my darndest and uh luckily i have uh somebody here on the line and we have aaron who is calling in from canada and uh actually i had the the uh, honor of chatting with her on facebook for a little bit so welcome to the show there aaron hi thanks <laughs> you know uh you, myself and you were chatting uh, a little bit on some of the experiences that um yeah, somebody in your family had experience as well as uh, yourself having experienced some odd things. So uh, tell us a little bit about what's uh, what's been going on. Okay, so when I was like 13, 14, whenever my uncle would come over, um, sometimes he would tell me and my cousins about this thing that he had been seeing, and he didn't really talk to anyone else in the family about it, but, you know, his mom would be around and some, some family members would be around, but no one really believed him. They pretty much thought he was full of crap. And so he would tell us uh, about what he named the man in the black hat. Um, that he, I keep seeing this thing out of the corner of my eyes. He was a really, you know, typical, he had no religion, he wasn't spiritual, he didn't believe in that stuff really, but uh, he couldn't deny that he was always seeing this thing out of the corner of his eye, wearing a hat, wearing a cape, or sort of trench coat thing, and like a silhouette, the same as everyone else on the Internet describes it who has seen it. And um, some people, he actually thought it might be his deceased father, like he thought this situation was unique to him. Uh, and so about a year later, uh, I did some research on it and found that he wasn't the only one. And he still actually thinks he's the only one because I haven't talked to him in, like, forever because of family problems and whatnot. Oh but um, his um, his his uh, ex-wife um, saw it with him, like, 15, actually, no, it would be 17 years ago now. They saw it together at the same time when uh, she was pregnant with my cousin. And so she's seen it with him, and... Um, my cousin who uh, has saw it as well, his daughter, once. And, um, yeah, so that's when I started um, working on a little documentary on it. Uh, I wanted to put something together. And then, of course, you know, my camera and my computer break was in the same, you know, couple days of each other. And so I lost all that footage. And now two years later, I had another go at it, and I've been working on it for a few weeks. And then just two nights ago, I had the most horrifying night of my life, so... Oh God, yeah, you you know myself and you were were chatting a little bit on that, and I was like, oh, you know, I I was working with some uh, production company as well, and uh, trying to put some paranormal stuff together um, on some of the topics that I cover, and just had some of the crazy uh, craziest negative luck that you can ever imagine. Uh, even some of the crew having experienced um, some dark entities coming their way, and uh, you know, I was like. Oh, you're you're taking on this topic too. I'm like, oh, you know, it's 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 creepy. These things really don't want word put out there, and they will do whatever it takes to take to slow things down. So it's like when you told me about you know losing all the footage, I was like, eh, that sounds like those darn things, you know. So, it, but now yeah. now do tell. I mean, so a couple of nights ago, you and I had the interesting thing. You and I had just 
chatted for the first time online um, in regards to... And we had established that we were going to talk about this subject on the radio. Right, right. And we did. We we said, okay, you know, we're going to come on, we're going to talk about this stuff. And what was it like probably 30 minutes later, you had this horrific thing happen just two nights ago. Uh, Tell us a little bit about that. Okay, let let me just also add that my uncle was actually, uh, you know, followed by the hat man for over 15 years. And when he was in his 20s, he fleed to Florida to stay with his friend to get away from it. And it followed him to Florida. But yeah, I just I just wanted to give you a sort of timeline of how long it's been around him. Wow. So anyway, oh, that's crazy. About yeah, so about half an hour uh after we had gotten off the uh off chat, um actually a little bit before our conversation, um I had heard some weird noises downstairs and like a like a silly crazy person, I grab a butcher knife. I don't know <laughs> if you've done that before. But I think pretty much everyone has grabbed a knife when they hear noises in their house, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, um, and me and my cousin had done this a few nights before hearing weird stuff. So I grab a knife like a silly person. I go and talk to you. Uh, We get off the chat. I think nothing of it. I leave the knife on my computer desk, and I go to bed. So I'm laying in bed for about 15 minutes, and I start to hear slow, creaking footsteps. Uh, upstairs on the hardwood floor in the hallway right outside of my bedroom door. And my eyes are, like, wide open, and it's completely dark in the hallway. My roommate was the only other person in the house, and he was in his bedroom with his door shut. And so I'm laying in bed frozen, and I have my eyes wide open looking into the blackness, and I'm hearing, you know, walking into uh, towards one room, towards another room, and I hear, like, the bathroom or some sort of door, like, close and click. So I, I get up, I shut my door, and I say, I say to my roommate, I'll just call him Jimmy, right? I'm like, Jimmy, is that you? And he goes, no, Aaron, was that you? And then I freaking open my bedroom, I'm like, can I go in your room? And he's like, yeah, so I freaking boot into his room. My doorknob takes my shirt off, and I have to run back and grab something to cover myself up. (laughs) And so we go into his room, he shuts the door, he locks the door. We're both panicking because... He had been in his room listening to the footsteps, thinking it was me, and I had been in my room listening to the footsteps, hoping it was him. And um, so we're in there, we're panicking, and we, we we start to hear like some sort of a walking again or shuffling around. And after a while, I was like, like I was having like a mini seizure. My whole body was shaking. Um, I, I I start to open a bedroom window uh, from the upstairs. Just you know, what else am I gonna do, right? And uh, we hear like like three loud like movements like like banging in the in in the hallway or living room, and we both scream so loud that probably someone from like like six streets down could hear us. And I I kick the screen because I I thought there was a murder in my house. We both heard it. It was not my cat. It was like human loud noises. And so I kick the screen out, and my body's halfway out the house, halfway in the house. I'm saying, get on Facebook, get on Facebook, tell someone to call the cops because we don't have a phone in the room, and he only has an iPod, right? Gosh. Am I almost out of time? No, you're fine. Keep going. (laughs) Okay, so... So I got my leg halfway out the uh, halfway out the window, halfway in the room. Oh, I, by the way, I had kicked his computer basically almost off the desk oh, <laughs> in panic. Man. And so he's on Facebook and he's like, I tell him to go to 911.com because you can report something from there. He's like, I can't read, I can't see, I can't see. And I was shaking and I couldn't do anything. He finally gets his iPod on and he finds an app to call 911. So we call the cops. 
five cop cars are on my street four minutes later. And the whole time I'm on with the dispatcher saying, there's someone in the house. There's someone in the house. We're still hearing them in the freaking hallway. We're still hearing things moving around. Like, we thought there was an individual outside the bedroom door with a freaking, you know, pickaxe that was going to start banging the door and saying, here's Johnny. And, like, <laughs> the cops show up. There's two on the front lawn, two in the backyard, one at the front door. And they're saying, get back in the window. And I'm like, I can't. I can't. Like, because I was too scared, right? Right, right. And so um, we had assumed that there was already a cop in the house because we heard movement again. And then they said, okay, we're coming in. And and then my roommate was like, they, they haven't come in yet? And I'm like, no, I heard it too. So anyways, they come in, they search the whole house, and they basically thought we were on drugs because there was absolutely nobody in the house. And um, we were, we were, I was, we, I, we were both crying. And... Um, you know, he's he's older than me, he's 20, so we're not like little stupid kids, like we both heard it at the same time, and so when the cops finally left, I filled up my cat dish, and we walked to the end of the street, and the thunder and the lightning, you know, perfect weather, and uh, I got my mom to come pick us up, and he went to his aunt's house, and I stayed at her house for two nights, and uh, man, I have a canker sore on my tongue from stress now. <laughs> oh my god, oh my god, that sounds like an absolute freaking nightmare it was it was like the footsteps were undeniably if they if if they weren't human it was like humanoid like was it heavy like boot the, sounds or it wasn't it wasn't the clicking of a boot but if i was trying to be quiet and, and walk uh it was like you could hear the heel step and then the foot it was like creak creak oh creak, and and coming closer and then a little farther away, sort of looking around, you know. And, like, it, I mean, obviously both of you were terrorized and terrified. Did you get in uh, the feeling, though, that this was not something human? I mean, like, you, you thought somebody was in there to kill you, but did you get that feeling like, this may not be a person? Um. Well, we both knew that, that his sister was not home, and so he yelled out her name, and we got no response. But then, about a minute later, we did get a response by movement. I mean, like if someone, like, shifted a chair, like, real hard, you know, it was that sort of noises coming out from the hallway and, and the home. And um, uh, I, in my mind, what I felt was just there's somebody in here, and they're coming to kill us. Like, it was... Like the horror, like we were both, we were both, uh, my whole body was shaking. I could barely stand up. Like I hope, I really, really hope that I can get the phone call from, is there a possibility that they released the phone call that you made for you to listen to, like I, the 911 operators? I think it is public record. Well, here in the United yeah, States, I, it, it is. Um, I think that you can get that. I mean, that would be uh, definitely worthwhile, especially doing the documentary, you know, to pull that together. But what scares me and worries me for you is uh, this thing almost seemed to be responding to what you're trying to do. I mean, you've lost all your footage before and all your work, and now, I mean, you're taking a step forward to, to bring more of this, uh, you know, to, to the public. And once again, it's like something horrific. It, it was like checking door to door looking for you, it seems like, you know? Yeah, yeah, and um, I... um. 
I, I, I hope I can get that recording because if I send it to you, you know, you'd be you'd be horrified and laughing your ass off at the same time because I'm not even kidding. Like I would win a no. If I said I was acting, I would win like a an award. I was like, you need to come quick. I can't move. I'm in the window. Like four minutes straight. Oh my god, I cannot even imagine. It, you know. Not many people have been in in a situation where you feel it's life or death, and and you're that fear, that 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 shaking that you're talking about that overcomes you. It's so uncontrollable, and it's it's so uh, I don't know. It, it's 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 something you can't really define and and put out to the world to be like this is what it felt like. No, I mean it's shock. It's shock taking over. Yeah, and he said, like, after we were reflecting on it, he said the second that we we, we heard that, that, you know, the shuffling around, and we both screamed as loud as we could, and I kicked the screen out, jumped on his desk, and went halfway out the window, he said he was prepared to die. He thought I was jumping out, and he was stuck in there, and they were coming in. Like, <laughs> oh, God. That, that, I mean, I don't mean to laugh, but it's just, you know, it's so odd because it's like uh my goodness something that sounded very much like a human being and of course you're thinking the worst it's they're there to uh you know to totally take advantage of you but then did the sounds did it seem like they were lingering in a certain area of the house or were they pacing back and forth or what was it it was right it was right outside our bedroom doors and then you know he we had talked today and he said you know it sort of sounded like it was coming from the living room it was mainly upstairs and he said that when i was downstairs about an hour before that he had heard things upstairs too and remember before we had even established that we were both hearing things i had grabbed a knife before remember and so during that same time, he was he was hearing things when I was grabbing the knife. So, um, you know, we were we were both we were both aware of it before we had asked each other, "Hey, you know, were those footsteps were those footsteps you?" And you know, him him in his room listening to them outside of his door, uh, right. thinking he thought that I was angry because I he had woken me up or something with his music. And oh, and yep, she's mad. Oh, now she's shutting the door. No, <laughs> I thought it was him. Wow. But at the same time, so I knew what's next? I knew I mean, it was back in the house. Now. Sorry. Are you back home now? I'm back home. He's here, but I I couldn't. I I had to sleep at my mom's yesterday, and um, the night before I I slept at her house uh, two nights. And uh... big down payments, thousands down. We interviewed the victims. Tell us what happened, ma'am. Well, I said to myself, self, go to Mad City, Mad City Mitsubishi. Every vehicle's just one dime down. And then I ended up at some. Other dealer. Why? They had guaranteed credit. Let me guess. You had to put $4,000 down. Yeah, four grand. And there was no warranty. Next time, go to Mad City, Mad City Mitsubishi. They extend the factory warranty to 30 years, 300,000 miles. And all you need is a dime. Hundreds of pre-owned in stock now. But my credit stinks. Just ask for credit amnesty. If you bring home 350 a week, you get up to $30,000 in credit. Wow, 30 grand? Yes, ma'am. With only one dime total out of pocket. It's a crime to pay more than a dime. At the number two Mitsubishi dealer in the nation. Mad City. Mad City Mitsubishi. On the Beltline. Call 844-MAD-CITY. MadCityMitsubishi.com. Yeah, this happened two nights ago, and uh, no, we're both here now, uh-huh. and we're basically uh, coming to the conclusion that 
if it happens again, we're just, you know, we're not going to we're not going to do that again. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean do what again? Get, you know, call the cops and get them coming over here thinking we're we're crazy, right? <laughs> so, did you go to check to see if anything was was disturbed? Like was anything like moved where you heard stuff? the sounds coming from? Um we didn't we didn't see anything. I mean, the cops checked every room in the house, and then I was crying saying, "I don't believe you, and I, they walked with me and checked all the places in the house with me, and uh, we didn't see anything different. My goodness, that is uh, that's highly disturbing. But now it's like so, so this is the thing. It's like after somebody's experienced something as horrific as yourself and your roommate have, you have to go back and and try to live a normal life, but you're forever now like, you're part of a different society, you know. You're you're part of the society of people who realize, like for real, that you know other things exist uh, other than our uh, our four walls that we we call um, our universe, you know. So it, mm-hmm. it's like, I mean, had you ever experienced anything that was out of the ordinary personally that was so upfront in your face before? Never. Um, I have experienced one. I've seen one apparition before that caused me to have to sleep in my mom's bed when I was eight for like three years. Mm. <laughs> and, um, but I was never in this kind of shaking, paralyzing fear because uh, when I had seen the apparition, I knew it was an apparition and that it wasn't a physical psychopath with a knife. Whereas these noises, I was convinced that it was a psychopath with some sort of weapon. Right. Well, I, what what was it that you saw? Was it ghostly that you, you saw before? Yeah, when I was about eight years old, I had woken up on November 11th. It was two, I don't know if I was eight, but it was 2006. Uh, 2013 now, and I'm 18. I'm not good at math. But uh, <laughs> it was 2006. Mm-hmm. And um, I'd woken up on my own um, at about 7.30 when I usually had when I usually woke up at 8.30 for school and um, walk into the hallway and bam, right in front of me, there's this bluish, whitish apparition of a human, a head figure, a body figure, but I couldn't see any features or arms or legs. And the minute I saw something in front of me and realized that it wasn't really there, uh, at the same time, I ran in my bed and I screamed for my mom. And she was, she had been, I thought she was in the bed, but she had gone downstairs on the couch, uh, I guess. And so, um, eventually she comes up and I'm crying and I'm saying, you know, what I just saw. And she's saying, oh, don't worry. Uh, and I said, why weren't you up here? And she had went and slept downstairs because she thought the room was too cold that night. And um, I went to school and told all my friends and freaked them right out. But um, a couple <laughs> years later, we found out that that was the exact day and time that my great-grandfather had died um, oh. a few years before. Oh, my goodness. So... Perhaps he was kind of paying a visit, checking on his grandbaby, huh? Perhaps, but um, my mom said that they had some, um, they didn't end on a good note. Mm. And that she she had avoided uh, coming to see him in, in where he was dying in the home because of how he treated my, um, my, my Grammy, or my oh. great-Grammy. And mm. that... Um, she she didn't think it was a good presence, but you know now a few years after that, if it was November tenth, I wasn't I wasn't sleeping alone. I had to you know if my mom wasn't home, I would have to call my grandma and go sleep in her bed. Well, hey, that's understandable. I mean, my goodness, especially when you're a kid. Now, you know, it, it's strange to me, but it's like a lot of people 
uh, when I hear from uh, people that have experienced things when they're younger, uh, you know, it, it altered their, their way of being as a kid. They didn't feel as free-spirited or, or whatever it was, and they, they slept in fear. But it, oddly, when they experience something as an adult, it really, really shakes their whole reality up. And I mean, it shakes a kid's reality up, but I don't know. There's just something about the adult brain that's just like, everything I've ever known to be true is just, you know, <laughs> garbage. This is real. This is here. And, and, and it gets yeah. people to look for, for answers, but it, it shudders the foundation of so many things. And, and then it's like, you know, you're, you're trying to function in regular society and, and, and here you've just experienced this crazy thing that you know few people will be able to relate to, and it's like you know where where do you go from here? And here it are, here it is you're you're fresh off the the boat of jumping into this paranormal world. I mean honestly, in an in an adult uh, form, I mean, what, where's your mind at? I mean, what are you what are you searching about, and how are you thinking you're going to present this to people that you know and love? You mean the situation, or or, yeah. or just uh, yeah? I mean, how do you how how are you going to take this on? You feel? Um. Well, I I don't know. Oh, and r- right after. Oh, can you hold on a second? Uh, We're getting sure. one second. Do 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 do. <laughs> hey, you sorry. Know, you you were there. Okay, great. <laughs> What were you now? What were you? You were talking about, uh, you know, how is it that you're you feel that you're gonna, you know, take the next step? I mean, you're so fresh two days after having experienced this, and you've told your 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 family I'm taking it. I mean, how how did they receive that information? Um, well, I don't really I don't really talk to anyone in my family except for my grandma, um, and and my mom sometimes. Because uh, I live on my own now, um, but I told my mom, and you know, she jumped right to the conclusion that it wasn't human and it was a demon or something. And um, I, I just had to had to step back and, and realize that it might not be this hat entity or something related to it. Okay. Uh, it might be something following my roommate because he he has uh, some things. Um, and I don't even know how to say this. Uh, I haven't told you his name, so. I suppose I could tell you that he, uh, he has what he calls an imaginary friend who has horns that doesn't leave him alone. Ooh. And so I'm thinking, that could be it. But all, what also could be it is I was talking to some guy at my mom's work and about this situation, and he said, have you ever used a Ouija board? And I said, yes, um, a couple years ago, and then my whole life went to crap, and, you know, I developed anorexia. It was, it was messed up. It was a messed up situation. And he goes, well, then you opened a portal, and you have to go close the portal. It's like it's yeah. like a movie, you know. Uh, it's like actually, yeah, I have heard of that. And he goes, "Where'd you do it?" I said, "At my former best friend's old house, and we don't talk to each other anymore." And he goes, "You need to go back. Do you know you actually have to use it again to close the portal in the same location where you opened it?" And I'm like, "Well, I'm not doing that." <laughs> so you know, it could be, it could be that. It could be something with this house, uh, house's history. It could be you know something following my roommate, but. Whatever it is, um, it's um, it almost. Uh, sometimes I like to spin it and, and and shed light on it and basically say I could actually thank this entity for for giving me the experience because it has caused me to grow and it's going to cause me to search for answers that will bring me more peace of mind. Um, and it's going to make me a stronger person. So at the same time, rather than demonizing uh, them. 
uh, I think we should also find the good in, in what they've brought us to do because people make their careers out of these situations and then it's like, hey, would I have this nice house if this thing didn't happen to me in the first place? So, <laughs> Well, one of the things, uh, you know, gosh, when it comes to this, this negative stuff and, uh, you know, yeah, there there's different levels of rotten, but I, I think darkness is darkness too. Like there there is some kind of tie in relation to... Uh, everything that's dark, you know, whether it got sparked by uh, your roommate or, or, or whatever it was, I mean, I, I think that whatever it is, it's quite aware of all of the connections and anything that you may be, uh, you know, even working on or, or his, uh, his imaginary friend that's got this, uh, these horns that are, that's, that's harassing him. And uh, honestly, uh, with your uncle having been harassed for 15 years by the hat man guy, I see it oftentimes that it runs in families that he he follows um but uh, you know it's it, it's different for everybody and how they experience um you know the hat guy too and it, it's like was it him i don't mm-hmm. know you know uh, does it matter not really it's like it, it, what matters yeah. is uh dealing with the thing and, and getting rid of it and keeping it away i mean that's what i think is yeah. most important out of everything um sometimes people go so far as to you know, try to try to gather evidence so much that they they lose the bigger picture. That, um, yeah, you're 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 made to be stronger. You know, after experiencing something like this. But uh, sometimes, you know, it, like your experience. I, mean, when I you could definitely that, live without it. You know. <laughs> yeah, like you could have done without this garbage. But in in the Ouija board, oh my goodness, uh, they are quite uh, something else as far as launching the the uh, paranormal life of many a people and uh horrified people and <laughs> you know it's like right uh, they open up they open up these uh they basically open as like i said a portal that shouldn't have been opened yeah they you know definitely you know i didn't close a portal i mean i had experienced uh some horrible things with the ouija board and i didn't go and, and close it but what i did um <laughs> The Ouija board told me what to do because um, a presence came over it that told me you should not be playing with this and don't destroy it, don't burn it, separate the planchet from the board and wrap them up in two different bags and throw it out. And that was that. And I didn't have any more uh, any more issues with that thing. So um, some people, they have these different rituals that they think they need to do, and it's not always necessary, I don't think. But... Um, you close the portal in your mind to the darn thing and say, hey, you're not welcome. That's it. We're done here. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah I guess. And, and I think you're a strong uh, person. And honestly, it, you know, I, I, I want to let people know, too, that I'm going to have you uh, come back on this program. And we're going to talk a little bit more about your project and some of the other things that you work on, because it's absolutely fascinating um, you know that you you are taking the stance for and taking the step forward. But I, I gotta be honest. I gotta be honest. I'm I'm highly considering dropping the project now. Mm. I you know I don't blame you. I really don't. I really don't. But you know the thing is though, your other projects that you work on too, and waking people up to other things and the reality of our world, that is also something I think is very powerful. That I think we should go into more detail and uh, the things that you're uh, activists about. So. Um, definitely would, would love to do that with you still. But I understand about the, the project. Um, <laughs> I, I Trust me, I, I have been met with some horrible things that I've discussed with you this past uh, year of, of horrible health issues that, I mean, if, if something wasn't taking shots at me, I don't know what. 
Um, but again, I take it as a compliment because it lets me know I'm on the right track and I'm really giving the dark side some issues. So, um, you yeah, know, I, I really want to thank right you for now. calling in, in, Aaron, because, uh, you know, it was fascinating chatting with you and I want to uh, definitely keep in touch and we're going to, we're going to have you back on here. Thank you. Yeah. So gosh, all the way from Ontario, right? Yeah. Oh gosh. I, I, I cannot thank you enough. And we're going to go to our next, uh, break here and uh, you guys you're listening to me Heidi Hollis the Outlander on Inception Radio Network and we will be right back Inception Radio Network, do you reckon it's the best alternative talk radio station on the planet? Well, if you do, head to facebook.com forward slash Inception Radio Network and like the page. Tell your friends, spread the word, and keep listening to the best. Hello guys, Jamie Havikin here for Heidi Hollis's The Outlander. Tune in to Inception Radio, Fridays at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, right after the stench of truth for The Outlander with host Heidi Hollis, right here on Inception Radio Networks, Fridays at 9 p.m. I'll see you there. Thank you. You're tuned in to Inception Radio Network, bringing you the very best alternative news, interviews, and more. 100% 100% quality, 24-7, 365 for the last three years. Hi hey guys, Jamie Havikin here with an Inception Radio Network update. Fringe Radio has gone to six days a week. That's right, six days a week. Fringe Radio is not only still live Saturdays from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time, they are now live overnight from 2 to 4 a.m. Eastern Time. To tune in, just go to InceptionRadioNetwork.com or on your apps. I'll see you there. This is Jamie Havoc. You're tuned in to Inception Radio Network, bringing you the very best alternative news, interviews, and more. 100% quality, 24-7, 365 for the last three years. Hello, folks. Heidi Hollis is rocking the airwaves every Friday at 9 p.m. Eastern right here on IRN. But if you want to learn more about Heidi, check out her amazing website at www.heidihollis.com. For IRN, this is MJ. Do you have a smartphone? If so, Inception Radio Network is the best app for you. Available on iTunes, Android, Samsung, and most other app stores. Just search Inception Radio Network. With the app, you can listen live, check out podcasts of recent and past shows, view our videos, see what shows are coming up, who the guests are, and, via the chat room, send live questions to those guests. You know it makes sense. Check your app store now. Inception Radio Network. I'll see you there. Get advice on aliens to ghosts, demons to angels, and from shadow people to the outlandish. Explore the paranormal with Heidi Hollis. The Outlander.
Welcome back, everybody, to my awesome Friday evening. You're listening to me, Heidi Hollis, The Outlander, remembering always if it's weird, we're here, and we're giving you advice and insight on outlandish topics, and the phone lines are open at 1-888-919-2355. And just when you thought nothing could get any stranger, I know, brace yourselves, people, because my awesome producer, his name is Jaime Havikin. Jamie Evican. You know, over the break, I was just talking to to Erin, and uh, I appreciate her calling into the program, and uh, talking to Jamie on the break, and he's like, dude, Heidi, I've I've experienced some weird stuff, so I'm like, we got to talk about it. So, so much for the emails tonight, people. Me and Jamie are going to chew the fat. So do tell, Jamie, what the heck has been going on with you that's odd. Well, mine won't be too long, but... but, um, I don't know, a couple weeks ago it started where I was just sitting in my room and something was actually thrown with physical force, like a man would slam something. Like a, It was almost like somebody throwing a lighter or something against a wall. And it went between me and the wall I'm facing about two feet in front of me and above my computer monitor. Never figured out what it was. The other night, I'm talking to a friend of mine whose name is Aaron. This is like synchronicity. Yeah. And it's like 2 in the morning, and I'm on my iPhone, but I have my earbuds in. And when you have men, it's like having earplugs in. Right. And she's like, what the hell was that? I guess she heard a big growl, like a, a like a you know, just a guttural growl. Oh, no. And I said, don't tell me that. It's like 3 o'clock in the morning. Now, I don't like messing with the paranormal, but <laughs> after but- I heard that. You know, I was like, let just don't talk about it because I don't want to, you know, keep thinking about it. But uh, I, I ended the conversation, and for like eight minutes after that, I just had the straight chills nonstop. Felt like somebody was just staring over my shoulder just watching. So I was like, oh, man, that's just freaking me out. And then tonight, I had somebody come in my room, and they left. And as they closed the door and started walking away, another thing went flying across the room i've lived in this house now for like five years and the only activity i've ever had was from a dog that that i had for quite a long time that passed away in the house for about a year you would hear her chain and you would actually feel her jump on the bed besides that not much but now describe what do you mean a thing thrown across the room the first one was what and what was the second one the first one i don't know what it was it was like two weeks ago i never found an item it just i just seen this streak go by me i hear something hit the wall you know something loud something that had some sort of matter like you know like a lighter right something like that and hit it hard and fall and i get up and look like at first thing i don't look where it fell i look where it came from mm-hmm. and it kind of came from an area that's nowhere near an opening. So then I looked back, and I looked. I couldn't really find anything back there. And tonight, the same thing, whatever was was thrown, was thrown towards the other side of my room. This time, I seen a speck of something blue. I haven't looked to see what it was, because there's so much stuff in my room. It'd be impossible to pinpoint it (laughs) anyway. (laughs) But this growl's kind of weird, and... Uh, the last house I moved out of, I moved out of because of what happened. You know, I still have this Bible. It's like 
within a foot of me right now when I lived at the house. Um, like we were re, uh, redoing the house for really cheap rent. And one of the last rooms I did, I found the Bible. And in it, the older lady had a nightly prayer that her husband would die because he drank and beat her. And I guess, you know, he did pass a couple years after that, and she was still alive. And we had some activity going on there, so one night my door slammed hard, and I kind of called them out. And that's like my big story. That night I I woke up, and it felt like somebody reached in me. I was spinning in all directions, and I moved out of that house quite quick, but I still had that Bible with me. And I just hope that (laughs) he stays on his property. Right, right. Because I got some some people on that side now that that can help me. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. I got like an army, so. (laughs) I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but uh, I know what you're saying. You got people on your side. But you know, it's disturbing to me though that uh, poltergeist like activity started and then. the growling. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, they say ooh. a lot of poltergeist stuff happens with, with like, teenage girls. My niece just turned eight. <laughs> Is this something eight. you wanted to tell think... me? <laughs> no, not at all. I mean, my niece just turned eight. I don't think I've ever heard of a case with a, a, a girl that young and poltergeist, mm. but it's possible. So I, I don't know. I mean, I've heard of poltergeist. Anybody can basically manifest it, but I just don't like to mess with it. Well, there's so. a teenage girl in all of us, Jaime. Hi, hi, <laughs> <Sure>. Kidding. <laughs> no but, comments. <laughs> just kidding. But, uh, you know, when it comes to things like that, you know, I, I hope the activity doesn't pick up because that, ugh, you know, there, there's always a starting point when something horrific begins. Oh, you'll know. Begins. I mean, it's it's even happened in the past when I've been on air or been recording or just talking to somebody they'll hear something because i i wear earbuds which basically you know i can't hear nothing when they're when they're in my ear so i've had people say what was that and i'm like i didn't say anything so don't know so the growl came over your phone and yeah it was like i mean i was laying on my i sleep in a big huge comfy recliner i was laid all the way back had my iphone on my chest facing up and had my earbuds in and she just kind of was like what's that and I was like what and she said she heard this crazy growl and I said well you know I was like messing with my beard you know and mm-hmm. she's like no it's definitely a growl and I was like don't even say that because that's going to scare me <laughs> Right, right. But, you know, after after I let her go, I was just sitting there, and you, you could feel, like, you know, when somebody's watching you or something's there. And I just had the straight chills constant for, like, eight eight minutes until I actually, like, you know, started saying, you know, a little protection prayer. Good. Yeah. I mean, and, I, uh, I, I, yeah, I you know, I kind of took my mind off of it and I started doing other things and... Right. Anyway. I hope nothing uh, was passing you by down the street and goes, hey, there goes a nice comfy place to go move into. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. I swear, some things are just passing by, but sometimes they get too comfortable, and uh, you just never know, like, what may have attracted yeah. something to happen. I got a lot um, of holy objects, so once those start to get, like, fall and move, then I'll get worried. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, something that uh, kind of... Re- brings back to my own memory that that happened that was quite bizarre and like when it comes to like reptilian type of 
alien beings, a lot of people say um, they're they're physical and they might punch you or, or or something like that, or you might get a strange smell in the air all of a sudden, or a growl or something. And uh, I was living alone, and I I was at my computer. I was probably writing one of my books or something or editing it. Actually, I think I was editing my Jesus is No Joke book and um, hanging there and out of nowhere like the pits of hell opened up and just sulfur hit my nose and throat like I was gagging on it. It was just burning my, my, my mouth and it was so rancidly, disgustingly gross. And I'm like, I stand up. I'm like, oh, you know, I take a couple steps out of the immediate area. I'm talking about three steps, no smell. I take three steps forward. It's so confined, it's right there. It was like a wall. And I'm like, what on earth? You know, I've heard of this. I'm like, this is one of those reptilians. And and I've got the chills. I could feel like the, the air was a little colder in that spot. And I'm like, Wow, it felt like it was looking right over my shoulder and mm-hmm. just the craziest thing. And I tested, stick my nose in, mm-hmm. step back. And it is just in that one little tight spot. And I just was like, look, you can have that corner of the room for the night, but uh, I'm going over here now. So it, it, that's that's so bizarre. I had one thing with sense happen after my grandma passed. She passed uh, about almost you know, about two years ago. But... I don't know, it was about a year and a half after she passed. I'd never really seen her or, you know, had any sightings of her or anything. But I always I always slept with her blanket that we got I got from her house because her, her laundry was always so fresh. The house was always so clean and had a certain smell to it, like flowers almost. And I remember one day I was sitting in my room and that smell just just filled up the room. And it it was really strong, and I kind of opened the door to go out and see where it was coming from, and it was actually coming from my room. And if you ask anybody who knows me, my room don't uh, smell like flowers. So. <laughs> and it, it's only, it only stayed around for like five minutes, and then it was gone. But yeah, that's right. the good side of your story. But uh, we had a caller last. Uh, I think it was a week and uh, the week before last said that uh, he teleported to Mars and that it smells like sulfur and diesel fuel mixed. So maybe that's where the reptilian came from. Mmm, wow. That's uh, that's kind of disgusting. I couldn't imagine wanting to live there. But you, you know what? Um, I've heard stories of uh, people, ex-military people, who said they had to work alongside of reptilians and that their skin reeks of sulfur smell and um i don't know i mean and and you know when it comes to the growling um over over the phone type of thing uh, i'll share an experience that i had that uh, i might have shared on air here before i i don't recall so somebody raised their hand and stopped me if they heard it before but um (laughs) sometimes people come would come to my uh, ufo paranormal uh discussion group uh meetings out of milwaukee and uh and, and they would think I was a psychic or something and want me to come over to their house or, or whatever it is. And uh, there were a couple of sisters that had come, and uh, uh, one of them was highly distraught, and the other sister seemed very stoic, like, I'm here to get my sister some help. Like, And uh, and uh, essentially, they, to make a long story short, they, they uh, called me 
and it, the one sister wanted me to help out her sister. She said she was having visitations of something very, very strange, and and uh, it's the, her sister was a, a professional lady, but then all of a sudden something seems to be attacking her at night, and the lady um, that was being attacked, she knew they were reptilian beings, and and she's like, I'm able to record them on audio every night, talking and, and these guttural sounds and just, just horrible. And I talked to the lady a couple of times, and she wanted me to come over to her place. And, and I was like, oh, I don't know. Um, and one time I was talking to her, and I mean, she's very pleasant to talk to on the phone, when a horrific, growly-like voice interrupted our conversation and said, leave her alone to me, screaming at me, like, not to come. Oh, yeah. And she's like, you know, I don't know, it sounded like static in her end. And, and she's like, hello? hello, are you still there? And I'm like, yeah. She's like, well, what happened? This, I guess the static, I said, no. I said, something yelled at me to leave you alone. Because um, the lady was asking me to come over to her place. She's like, oh, no, they're going to be angry. Oh, I, I, maybe I should get off the phone because it's going to be really bad tonight. I, I, I shouldn't really be talking to you. And got off the phone. And let me tell you, I mean, it just chilled me to the bone to have something not earthly <laughs> scream at me. Um, that my presence, my talking to, to her was, was disrupting. I mean, I can wow. imagine going through... Uh... You know, a paranormal event of that scale and having to deal with it, so many people not believing you in real life and you knowing it's so real. And, oh, my God, just it's it's got to be insane. Oh, gosh. It, you know. I don't wish it on anybody. <laughs> no, uh-uh, no. And, and the, the sad thing with that lady, um, she seemed to be more interested in having her story be told than to find outright answers she was trying to stop the nightly attacks on her own but when i was like well you know i was trying to tell her how you could really stop this from happening anymore and and she's just she kept going on and on about um having proof and evidence of, of this taking place and i'm like proof and evidence it's like i'm not the person to sit there with a you know some scientific data to be like yep it's for real because nobody will believe you anyways um i've gone through all that i, I know UFO researchers that are just like I wasted so many of my years trying to find answers and and then to get those answers and show it to people and and they they're still not convinced so it's like going out to try to convince people that's that's not my gig my thing is to try to help the people who are experiencing these things and to get over it and to help educate other people when it comes to them experiencing odd things because I'm sorry the odds are in the favor that Sometime in your life, you're gonna see or witness something, uh, experience something that's that's out of the ordinary. So um, I don't know. That's just my stance. But uh, it, it, does this run in your family, uh, Jamie, where somebody's had anything kind of paranormal, more or less, happen? Not that I know of. I mean, um, my dad's side of the family's quite whacked. I mean, there's like my uncle's a murderer. He served most of my life in jail um you know uh like i'm not going to talk bad about a bunch of them but i could name quite a few i mean they're really out there so there's some definitely some weird problems on his side of the family but um no not really anybody in my family reported too many paranormal problems but 
as a kid where I grew up, a lot of people, you know, you always hear I grew up on top of Indian burial ground. Well, I I lived in Davie, and it was seriously seminal Indian burial grounds where the whole little community I was in. It was known as that. I mean, the Seminole Indian Casino is right down the street. And um, <clears throat> as a kid, that's where, where I'm, I started with the Ouija board. We were like 11, and we messed with it. And we were talking to this lady who said she died in a car crash on the way to the Keys. And we got into it a bit. And then one night, we were sitting there messing with it, and we seen a candle on a little holder float by the window outside I thought it was my brothers or somebody messing with me so I ran to the back door and opened it nobody there ran to the front door nobody there everybody's in the house sitting there and I'm like I mean everybody me and the other my friend Caroline and the other girl that was with us we all seen the candle go by we don't remember seeing a hand holding the thing mm. Gosh. And then um, it was her, so she had to bring it home at night. And so she said she was hearing weird noises in the closet. So she ended up burning it. I, did, I, I wasn't there, but. Oh, my goodness. You know, I, I swear, probably some of the most disturbing type of things that I've uh, experienced. And I find that this is this is kind of common with people. Even if they haven't seen a ghost or, or something, they've had... Uh, uh, a, how do they? There's a certain name for that. The, a type of a voice, a whispering voice, calling your name. A oh, I hate that. You know, I always get that. I always used to get that. Sometimes I, I still do. Like when you're at that point to where you're just about to fall asleep, but you're not, and you, I actually will hear things like my name or a big bang or something, and it's you're at the point where you don't know if you were at, you were fully asleep or awake and it was real or and it always happens to me right when i'm like in that little state between actual sleep and and still being awake it mm. used to happen a lot it doesn't happen too much anymore i mean i used to get loud like explosions like i would jump out of the bed and my it would goodness. be nothing so my goodness it, you know an, an, there's something about that in between uh being in between sleep because uh i've met um several people but one in particular that really kind of gave me the chills there was a friend of a friend who was uh just so happened to be quite a heavy drinker and it was it was bizarre because it was a professional person and she was well put together and then by the end of the evening she would be sure she was totally smashed and it was like why why is she doing this and then she learned about what it is that i covered and I, I, this happens a lot, and people pull me to the side, and they tell me these stories. I'm like, oh, my goodness. And she's like, you cover the paranormal. She's like, well, have you ever heard of this? She's like, it doesn't matter how long or how, how brief I close my eyes, and I see people suffering dead faces, monstrous faces, and, and just screaming, yelling, and mm. agony every time I close my eyes i've had i've had gray in color yeah and she's like it's absolutely terrifying she feels like she's looking into the pits of hell Mm -hmm. so this is why she drinks herself to sleep every night and uh horrible but i'm sorry what were you gonna say i've had dreams that you just cannot put into words it's 
you experience fear that is on on you cannot put it into words in real life like like this one dream i was in like hell and in in hell you're made up of like brain mush of like matter and you're all melted together with other people and it's like a blob and you're just stuck it's just such a weird feeling in the dream it feels so real and you could just hear screams and stuff. I mean, I, I'm a person that has some crazy dreams. And is that a repetitive dream that you have? I've had repetitive dreams with that mushy type, you know, feeling. But no, I've only had two repeating dreams. One, I'm falling in colors. And the other one, um, I'm like trying to view an elephant herd and they start coming after me and I can't move. So... Ooh, about to be trampled by yeah. Dumbo. That's horrible. Maybe that happened but, in a past life or something. So, so when uh, when it comes to that hell one, though, do you do you see other things? Or do you smell other things? Yeah, I mean, what's it's like the, a, it's what's like, the feel? I, I get like this nasty smell. It's just a, it's such a weird. It's like a, a gelatin mush. It's it's uh, it's so I can't explain it. It's just this weird feeling like we're all... You remember that when we were kids and little, like, gob, like, green gob things would come out of little machines, 25-cent machines, you know, and you play with... Oh, okay, yeah. It was like that, but it was actual brain material that you were all made out of, and you were all interlinked and twined and glued and stuck, and it was just really, really weird. But it's the feeling you get inside the dream that you can't put into words. What, do you have a, a, a hard time, like, even feeling like it was just a dream? Like you come out exhausted and full of fear or what? Well, that's another thing. Because I have sleep apnea, um, if I do stop breathing and then I start breathing again, my heart's going fast. So in my dream, I'll, I'll immediately go to something that's happening crazy. So, but I fixed all that with my machine and the weight loss. I don't even need my machine no more, but, um, not really. Um, no. Well, you know, it, what's interesting to me though, these hell like dreams are, are actually something that, uh, have been disturbing to a lot of people. Uh, it, it's really, I don't know. Have you heard of that? Uh, these hell dreams? Yeah. I mean, as the some that I've had have convinced me a hundred percent that hell is real. I, I just wish that I could put them into words or, or draw it to translate, you know, what I've experienced more felt mm-hmm. in these dreams. Cause they're, they're insane. Is, uh, is it like, uh, when you're okay. So you're in the, the gelatin, mix of other people being stuck together what are what are you seeing outside of that is there blackness uh no, is there just like, hopelessness like i the, mean what the is one, it the one that was most vivid was like um we were inside just an abandoned house on earth but we're all like this this gobbly goo brain matter just stuck all on the walls and ceilings and all around and we slowly moved but it was really weird. I, it's so hard to to try to explain. I'm a really vivid dreamer. I'm a lucid dreamer. I can change things in my dream. I can make things happen. I can wake but in that up one, and are go you, back. Are you in control in that dream? No, not at all, no. That's what makes it seem so much more real because you can't control it, huh? Yeah. I've had, yeah. you know, I've had dreams. Dreams that I, that I do have that seem very, very real. 
I actually wake up and, and record them on audio right here at the computer. I have some down here, like uh, Tsunami Witch Doctor Dream is one I have down. Oh, goodness. <laughs> um, let's see. June 22nd, uh, Dream Random percent- Percentage Generator Prediction. So I had some type of dream with some some June 22nd prediction. Uh, One where I was a a gunfighter and an internet guru. You know, I just just recorded. You know, it's uh, one thing that I want to put out there to people that are hearing about, I mean, especially, I mean, I really, really get into the hell-like dreams um, that people are experiencing this, but you have to keep in mind that there's also people who are experiencing heaven-like dreams. I have had many of them, and I've seen so many things, and I put a lot of that into my Jesus is No Joke book um, because I I was just floored with my memories of uh, this heaven-like place. But, you know, we've already come to the end of this program, and, you know, Jamie, I want to thank you for, uh, you know, talking so openly and sharing about your experiences. No problem, um, and uh, Aaron, I want to thank you for calling in. You know, hey, I got so many emails that I could answer for so many more shows. So I will definitely get to all your emails. I want to thank everybody for writing to me. Uh, remember, you can catch me here every Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern and 8 p.m. Central. You've been listening to me, Heidi Hollis, The Outlander on Inception Radio Network. Remembering always, if it's weird, we're here. Good night, everybody. Oh.